I say one of the biggest things we try to do is work around different different students. Uh, we've had a few students that had like one student actually couldn't, he had surgery, he couldn't really move his hands. His hands were almost stuck like this. Yeah. So he couldn't really, uh, couldn't really do any of the moves. We had to kind of, kind of cope around and try to f figure out how we could teach him, but still do the moves. Yes, so that's one of the biggest things I'd say in our, what we do is individual, every individual is, is different. So we try to teach them in, in different ways. And that's one of the, actually had a meeting today with one of, with our instructors about how different people learn different ways. So you can't, even though you might learn one way, the biggest thing is being an instructor is you need to be able to look at that and go, all right, I need to flip it around and go, how is this person learn? Are they visual? Are they more, are they more verbal? So that's, I'd say that's one of the, one of the things I try to try to cultivate uh, instructors, try to really work with them and tell them you got to, um, you might know it, but once the teaching it, it's like a whole different ballgame. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Conversations from the Hearth. Today we are joined by Sensei James Orobono from Elite Mixed Martial Arts Center in Pennsylvania. Sensei James, thanks for coming on the show. Welcome. No, thank you for having me. Sorry. I'm honored to, to be on here. Yeah, well, it's, all, it's our pleasure and our honor as well. So Sensei James, you know, a lot of our students don't know much about you and Elite Martial Arts. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey in the martial arts, how you get started, maybe what initially inspired you and then you know, over the, it sounds like you've trained a lot of different disciplines. Can you tell us a little bit yes. about your accolades and how you got to uh, the point where you're running your own professional martial arts school? Oh, sure. Um, I started, um, I started when I was seven, actually. I actually, at, at school, we had, I had, um, I'd say it was like two or three kids uh, were, were picking on me at school. Um, and uh, I, I, I get always grown up. I was always like very, um, I still kind of am, but I think I'm a lot more opened up. I was always into myself, so I never really like, never really was an outgoing. I mean, I kind of kept to myself, so I, I think I was I was a big target. Um, I, it's funny uh, looking looking back and like, telling a lot of, the, of our students in our school now. Um, I never really noticed once I did march started martial arts. My shoulders, I always I, I was more proud of myself. Before I was very like hunched over, didn't really uh, didn't look at the surroundings, looked looked down, never looked uh, at people. So I think that was, I was a big target when I was younger. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it was like two or three kids actually were bullying me, like were picking on me, call me names. Again, you can tell my, uh, my fiery red hair, they probably call me, uh, call me all kinds of different names. So um, my parents saw one kid actually jump on my back while I was walking home from school. And uh, they said, all right, you need to do something. You need to do basketball or you need to do martial arts. Mm -hmm. um, and growing up, I, I loved, um, always loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, Power Rangers. Um, I'm big into anime, so uh, Dragon Ball Z was a big thing when I was younger. Sure. So um, I, I was always into martial arts. So uh, we were, I think we were on our way to go do basketball. I was like, you know what? I want to do martial arts. I want to be like I want to be like uh, like uh, Tommy Oliver from uh, from the Mighty, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So I started. I went to um, a school called uh, uh, Tiger Showman's. It was actually where I started. Where I originally started. Uh, like I said, I was seven. Um, I started. Uh, Still very, very shy, but 
once I started, I actually, I felt the confidence in myself. Um, but also another thing I'd say is uh, when I was born, I was actually born with a cognitive processing problem. So with that, when I was younger, I actually had my the tubes in my ears were actually clogged, I think for about a year or two. So I actually lost about a year or two of my um, learning. Mm. So uh, throughout school, I, I still like still now, but not as much. If you give me a piece of paper and try to tell me to write something, I, I have a hard time. Once I get my, I would say once I get like my thoughts going, I'm good. But what takes a long time for me to really uh, get myself going. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I actually had um, a neurologist told my mom when I was like really young, said I would never be able to do anything athletic, never dr drive a car, uh, basically do nothing. Mm. And um, I'd say martial arts is the biggest thing that got me to where I am now. Um, I, I'm driving a car now, um, running a school of 30 plus kids. Um, I'm actually, I mean, I do nunchucks, bow, all kinds of weapons. So going from um, a neurologist saying that I would never do anything athletic, baseball, um, nothing, nothing like that. So now being able to do all this different kind of stuff, I'd say martial arts is the biggest thing that helped me. I, I would not be like the what, what person I am now if, if it wasn't for some type of martial art. Yes, That's awesome. So it sounds like you trained in a lot of different disciplines. Uh, what was that experience like? What different disciplines did you train in? Um, I mean, right now I, I do, we do teach six styles, like I said before. Um, the six styles we do teach right now is uh, jujitsu, uh, like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, nunjitsu, nun uh, karate, uh, American wrestling, uh, Muay Thai kickboxing. Um, and then, but I think the biggest thing, as you know, because the UFC, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is the biggest thing right now. So um, throughout my training, I did learn from a, from a, um, sorry, my dogs are next to me. They, of course, want to uh, pay attention. <laughs> so if you do see me looking down, it's because it's of my dog. Um, but yeah, I actually learned from a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu instructor who was a purple belt. Mm -hmm. So I, I, it was, I never went to a, a straight-on uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school. Uh, we actually had one come to, my, come to uh, the school that we were at, and I learned from him. So, um, so like bits and pieces learning, I, I try to add it into our, into our curriculum. So I feel, I feel like we uh, have a good, a good curriculum right now. Yes, sir. That's awesome. And you've integrated it all into one class, or you have different classes for different curriculum? We actually do is um, we have uh, throughout the month, we have three different ranges that we teach. Um, the first rate week we teach is, uh, is stand up, like, like uh, sparring. So it's like our punches, our kicks. Mm -hmm. The second week is our clinches. That would be like the nunjutsu, the actual clinching. Not as much of the Brazilian jitsu, more of the jujutsu, where um, like clinching them up and like the self defense part. Um, and then our last week is our our ground week so that's be like the the mix uh the brazilian jiu-jitsu part uh and then um but yeah and then uh, like i said a lot of people once they see mixed martial arts they think oh it's probably the ufc because they they think mixed martial arts where it's kind of funny how what was it to explain that i'm all there's two different there's really there's there's a mixed martial arts and there's a and there's a mixed martial arts like mixed martial arts is not just ufc and that's the biggest thing i had to say once new students come in they're like i want to learn i want to be able to fight like in the ufc it's like, well, do you really? I mean, it's. Do you really know what? Once you get in there, you're getting punched in the face. Do you really want to get punched in the face? I mean, I teach our students not to get punched in the face. So, uh, yes, sir. I don't know. <laughs> I actually had on, one. Um, on my skinny head in the head, that's for sure. No, I, no, exactly. I actually had one. Um, my actually, my my father is uh, a shihan. So he, him, and I run run the, the school. 
So, um, and he's, he's one of the big things that, that got me into the martial arts as well. And um, he was doing a little bit before me uh, when he was younger, not as much. Uh, he, he stopped, but then um, once he heard I wanted to do martial arts, then he got back into it again. Cool. But um, we actually went to, um, there was a school that was near us, I guess was closing because of COVID. Yeah. And uh, we went, he was, we were going in just to see if there was any of the stuff that, because he was trying to sell the stuff. So we were trying to help him, help him. He yeah. actually was teaching that actual mixed martial arts, the UFC part. And he was explaining to us how um, he uh, would ta- train people by having them lay on the ground. They put like, like five ounce gloves on. He'd sit there and for eight minutes, just have them punch. He would just punch them on the ground. And I, like my dad and I looked at each other and go like, like, no wonder you lost your students. I mean, I, I, I hate to say that, but like, how did you keep your, how did you keep your students and be able to do that kind of stuff? I just, exactly. And exactly. Like, I don't, I mean, again, we do very light. I'd say very light doing that, but it's more like we have the pad and we'll have the pad hit them in the head while on the ground. They have to bump us and then try to roll us over, mm-hmm. but nothing like where we're reaching back and trying to hit the person as hard as they can, like for eight minutes. Yeah, I, yeah. I, don't I don't understand how, because <laughs> yes, it's just, it makes no sense. Like I said, I, uh, teaching is not just my only um, job. I do also, like you said before, I do work with adults with intellectual disabilities. Mm-hmm. So I understand people, a lot of this is a hobby for a lot of people. Um, they want to do, do martial arts, learn to self, learn to defend themselves. But, um, they, you have a career like you other people have jobs you don't want to go in there and get beat up all day like so that's like the i say one of the biggest things we try to do is work around different different students uh, we've had a few students that had like one student actually couldn't he had surgery he couldn't really move his hands his hands were almost stuck like this yeah so he couldn't really uh couldn't really do money the moose we had to kind of kind of cope around and try to f- figure out how we could teach him but still do the moves so that's one of the biggest things I'd say in our, what we do is individual, every individual is, is different. So we try to teach them in, in different ways. And that's one of the, actually had a meeting today with one of, with our instructors about how different people learn different ways. So you can't, even though you might learn one way, the biggest thing is being an instructor is you need to be able to look at that and go, all right, I need to flip it around and go, how is this person learning? Are they visual? Are they more, are they more verbal? So that's, I'd say that's one of the, one of the things I try to try to cultivate uh, instructors try to really work with them and tell them you got to um, you might know it, but once to teaching it, it's like a whole different ballgame. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you mentioned you worked with adults uh, with yes. disabilities. Is that within the martial arts or is that somewhere else outside of the martial arts? We have actually, actually both. Um, mainly, like I said, my, my, my main job is uh, I work with adults with intellectual disabilities. So a lot of them are like, I'd say more like autism. A lot of them like autism, uh, Asperger's. Um, some of them, like, like I said, I, because of my martial arts background, I work with more of the tougher uh, clients. So a lot of them like have like bipolar. Uh, I've actually had one uh, that actually was, um, one was very aggressive. So I had to, so I, my boss loves, she goes like, I love how like when you defend your, like you, he tried this uh, one client would try to hit me and like you kind of blocked it and moved away. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's, I don't want to get hit. And I can't really use my martial arts on him. So I have to try to make sure I'm not hurting him. And that's the, the biggest thing. But, but, uh, but mainly is uh, de-escalation, is try to talk him, talk the person down is the main thing. Which, um, and then it's another thing why we tell, tell our students is, is you don't, you don't want to fight. So 
if a bully is trying to hurt you or if they're verbal verbally attacking you, there's no reason to, to hit them. Uh, you, you talk to them, tell them, give them, we tell them, give them three warnings. Um, they, they, they don't, after those three warnings, if they don't want to listen, they want to punch you, you defend yourself. Mm. So that's, and that's uh, one thing is our style is, like I said, I was saying before about mixed martial arts, we want to, we want to do the, the actual defensive part. And that's, nobody wants to fight. Like I was saying before, mainly thing is stun and run. So I don't want, I don't want to be in a fight. I don't think anybody else wants to fight. Um, so defending yourself in a way that you can mobile immobilize the person to, and then try to talk them down, deescalate the situation. And, um, but yeah, that's, like I said, it's, um, but actually going talking about that, um, in school, uh, cause people knew I did martial arts. Yes, they, uh, they, uh, would always go like, Oh, tough guy. Why don't you show me your martial arts? I'm like, well, if you, no, I'm not going to do that. So I actually had one person again, pick on me. Um, so he was trying to tap me on the shoulder. He would hit me in the, in the hallway. So I always tell uh, our students, I go like, I don't like fighting either, but some situations you, you need to. So, so um, he was, uh, he was poking me, hit me, calling me names. The one day in the hallway, he was walking towards me. Mm -hmm. So he went to ram his shoulder into me. I did it right back to him. He fell on the floor. All of his friends were laughing. That was the last time he ever deal, ever uh, tried to, to deal with me. Mm -hmm. And was, so that's the last time he ever talked to me. So I guess we, I don't like fighting, but if I need to be a little physical, I will. Yes, sir. If I can hop in there, I mean, even something sure. like that where, you know, you've seen this kind of behavior ramping up, especially in like a high school setting or in a school setting where it's like, you, know, you don't want to be in the scene where you're in the middle of the hallway fighting and everybody's like, oh, exactly. right? and, and so even something, knowing yourself in a way where you can say, listen, I'm not here to like, seriously injure this person who has been picking on me, but I can, I know my body well enough to give them that shoulder check back and say like, like, like you know, exactly. this is, this is what, one of those warnings, right? Like, it's not, it's not a joke. It's not something to keep poking fun of. Like I, I am trained to defend myself and to, to maybe send that message in a way that isn't just, all right, do you want some, right? Like, yeah, know, exactly. The show yeah, down the hallway. And that's why, like, I, I, you're saying that. Actually, um, have you guys watched the the TV show Cobra Kai? Oh yeah, yes, sir. Great. So I haven't um, watched season four yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, no, yeah, no spoilers. I won't say anything then. But um, but I actually, I, I, I think it's funny because a lot of the students coming in were saying like, like watching that TV show. It, why, why don't we teach the same way that um Cobra Kai teaches? I'm like, well, <laughs> there are some schools that teach that way, but that's, we're not we're not strike first. It's it's the defensive part. Mm -hmm. um but like like you were saying before we try to tell uh, a lot of the kids that you, i you don't need to fight but sometimes you might need to do that and defend yourself um like i said we actually had another uh, student came up to me i guess he was being picked on and they were throwing a punch at him and, I, and he's a black belt i told him i go well do you not you don't realize you're a black belt like you need you can defend yourself you can if you wanted to you could really hurt that person um, so actually, like he was, he said the person was trying to throw punches at him. I said, well, what would you do? Like if looking back at it, if he threw a punch at you, what would you do? He goes, well, I would block it. I go, well, what should you do after that? He goes, well, take him to the ground. I go, exactly. Take him to the ground, hold him down there, hold his hands and go, stop. I'll let you go as soon as, soon as you stop hitting me. And if you need to hold him until two te teachers come in and separate you guys. But if other students see you 
holding his hands and trying to talk him down, they're going to go, oh, he didn't, he didn't start the fight. He was trying to stop him, but he wasn't, he wasn't doing that. He was trying, he was trying to hit him and he was trying to talk him down. Yes, and that's, and that's the biggest thing is trying to tell our, tell our students is you don't want to fight, but sometimes you might need to get a little physical, but it doesn't mean you're, you're fighting. It doesn't mean that you're going to get in trouble. And that's and that's the biggest thing is trying to explain to them is you you're not going to get in trouble. Your parents are not going to be mad at you. They're bringing you here to defend yourself. They want you to defend yourself. One thing we've been talking a lot about the last few weeks on conversations from the hearth is violence de-escalation and how important that is, and how yes. the verbal judo or verbal de-escalation of the situation is so important to a martial artist. You know, we talk a lot about the self-defense skills, the physical skills. And, you know, a lot of the parents, when they come in, that's what they want. They want their kid to be the toughest person around and they know how to yeah. defend themselves. If anyone comes at them, they'll just break them into pieces. But the truth is, and this is something sometimes hard to articulate to a parent when they're first coming in, is the most important thing that they're going to learn from martial arts, the most important thing they're going to take away are the leadership life skills that's going to make yes. them to a confident leader in their life so that people are gravitated towards them and not away from them. And they get to, uh, they're not, if they get left alone, if they get pushed to the side, they can get socially isolated and that's when they get picked on by the crowd. So yeah. it's really about learning those good social skills so that never happens in the first place. And any long-term martial artist who started when they were a kid like you or myself uh, knows that just knowing how to defend yourself doesn't actually solve anything because no. when, <clears throat> It's not just about how do you defend yourself, it's when do you defend yourself. Yeah, a lot exactly. of times that's a very gray zone. You have to make it very clear, everyone who's watching, to everyone who's watching that this person has crossed the line. They are attacking you. They mean you harm. And sometimes you have to wait till it's plain, painfully obvious before you defend yes. yourself. Or if you disable them, you're going to look like the monster and everyone's going to start socially isolating you and start picking on you. And that's why mm -hmm. a lot of times the bully becomes, the, the, the bullied become the bully, you know? Yes. And uh, so I, I like to impress upon parents, like, yes, he's going to learn how to defend himself, but he's also four years old, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly, so yes. can do at four years old. Yes. How, how, you know, I could train up like, a, like a, 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 a toy poodle to be the most vicious toy poodle in the world, but... Do you think there's a toy poodle out there who's been in the fighting pits that you couldn't beat if you wanted to? I mean, it's a toy exactly. poodle this big. I mean, it might bite your arm a little bit, but you're going to like hold it down with one hand, like, you know, smash exactly. it or something. So yes. a four-year-old child, there's, you know, not much they can do to a fully grown adult. Now, there's some things they can do to escape and run away or make it hard for you to take them away, but mm -hmm. they're not going to be defeating you know a six foot five 250 pound jacked guy who really wants to do them harm they may be able to you know defend themselves against another kid who's five or six years old or somewhere in that in that range the physical range where there's a possibility although it's going to be much harder as that person gets bigger but the one thing that they can take away from their training that they're going to use every single day are those leadership life skills that's going to make them stand above the rest and people are going to be attracted to them and that's going to make it so that they never have to even use those physical skills. Exactly. Um, so, I, mean, I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, and that's one thing when we, we, like I said, we were, we're a self-defense first. 
And uh, we try to explain to a lot of the parents about that too, is um, the kids, we're teaching them stuff that trying to slip out of, out of get out of situation, not to sit in there and bang and try to fight that person. That's not, that's not what you're going to get in trouble. You, especially being a full grown adult, you're getting in there, you're getting a fight, you're going to jail. Yeah. Um, at school, if you're f actually fist fighting, you're going to get in trouble. So, and like, like you were saying, four or five year olds against a full grown adult, you're, you're just, it's very limited that you're going to do with it. So yeah. that's what we try to teach. And like, if you grab your wrist, you roll your wrist, slip out of it and get out of the situation. Um, we actually have one drill. Uh, speaking of that, we have actually one drill where we have one kid in the middle. We'll have like four or five kids and they'll, they'll go in like simulate, like if somebody attacks you and we, we try to, first we have them attack them. So we'll, we'll go in very light. Like they'll do the self defenses, strike, elbow strikes, strike, not no contact. And, but, and watching the kids run around in a circle. And then once they're done, I, I go to them like, now I have a question for you. In that situ in a real situation like that, would you would you just stand there and just keep trying to hit everybody? Like, well, yeah. And I go, why? Why why would you want to fight? Why would you not keep your eyes, see where the exit is, and run away? Um, biggest thing, and like you're saying verbally, why not scream? Scream, go help! Mm -hmm. Somebody's hurt me. Um, one thing we also saying too is sometimes I hate the way society is. Even if you yell help, people look away. Um, we try to tell our kids to say, it's yell fire. If you yell fire, oh, there's a fire, they're going to look and see. As soon as they hear fire, they're going to see four or five people attacking one person. Then they go and help. Um, so that's like you said, with that, the verbal trying to use your mouth. That's your first line of self-defense is your yeah. mouth. Um, and not just de-escalating the situation if somebody is attacking you, but not just if you're being bullied, go to a parent. Mm -hmm. Go to a teacher and tell a teacher what's happening. Because as soon as you tell a teacher, the teacher knows, then they can help you. Um, now, if you don't tell a teacher, and then, again, you do defend yourself, like you were saying before, mm -hmm. the person that was bullied now looks like the bully. They look like the monster. Because yeah. you didn't verbally tell, that, tell a teacher or an adult that you're getting picked on. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that's it's like a, a big thing is, and like you were saying with the confidence part is, trying to instill that confidence in, in the students, uh, trying to make themselves feel better. Um, and then knowing that if you can defend, if you need to defend yourself, you can defend yourself. Yeah. Um, but also to, um, I remember when I was younger, my, uh, my mom told, uh, had a book and uh, she was, uh, it was the, the book's called The Verbal, The Gentle Art of Verbal Self-Defense. Mm -hmm. um, so she actually helped my, my sister and I actually taught us about that. And in that is if somebody asks you a question, you flip this, the question on them. So, like, and again, being bullied, they, if, if you, they bully keeps saying, like, you're stupid, like, well, stop that. that that's not going to stop them. You, <laughs> yes, flip, flip, you need to flip the question around on them and tell. And so they say, like, you're stupid. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. They're going to look at you and go, like, what? Aren't you mad that I, aren't you mad that, I, that I'm calling you stupid? I'm like, no, it's, thank you for telling me that. I really appreciate the way th that you telling me that. And that, like you said, de-escalates de the situation. They go, well, well, I was all mad, but wh why are you being nice to me? I'm being mean to you. Why are you so, being so nice? And it, sometimes that stops the whole, the whole uh, conflict. So uh, it's, we try to um, instill that into our students, too, is, is using a little bit of that to, to, to explain to them, like, use your words. Your words, words hurt, but you can also help the situation by using your words. Yeah, yeah. And another thing, just kind of going back a step, Something you touched on a minute ago 
was that violence, real violence is not a pretty thing. It's not something that we really want to be involved in. And I think that's probably where you're coming from when you say, you know, we're not a, like a real MMA school. We're like an MMA, uh, MMA school, like we're mixing ideas together to create the best self-defense system. Yes. And I think maybe some people think, oh, maybe he's not a real deal because he doesn't do that. But I think those people probably are coming from a place of ignorance because they don't really know what real fighting is like. Because real fighting is ugly. It's something that it's why we don't really want to start a fight because we know how ugly it can get. And we want to avoid that kind of a situation. You know, someone's, you know, if, if, if I get in a fight, it's not going to be like the movies where I just boom, boom, and the person exactly. on the ground and it's over and, and incapacitated. It's going to be really ugly. If you're going to try to knock someone unconscious with your bare hands, yeah, you're going to hit them a lot. You're going to knock him to the ground. You're like stepping on his head. You know, that's not something that from the onlooker's perspective is going to look good. And maybe mm -hmm. you're going to get arrested you're going to go to jail and all these other things that are exactly with, with real violence. So it's something to be avoided at all costs. And, you know, as a good martial arts school, you know, we always talk about how it's the last resort. We teach you self-defense. It sounds exactly what you, you teach as well. Yes. So anyway, I want to kind of turn the topic a little bit back to what you were talking about uh, working with adults with learning disabilities as well as kids. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that's kind of a specialty of yours. And it's yeah. something that all martial arts instructors have some familiarity with because we get a lot of kids, you know, coming in and their parents say, you know, my son's got ADHD, you know, my son's dyslexic, you know, can you help him? And of course, we can. We can. I think it's one of the few activities you can put your kid in that has just an, an immense uh, potential for change within your son or daughter. Yeah. Um, what are some of the tactics that you use to affect that change in your students? Um, and actually, uh, the re repetition. And then going back to like with, with me where um, like I had that cognitive processing issue. Uh, it was that they 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 um actually like i said go back neurologists went back to my mom after doing martial arts and said it's amazing i guess the repetitiveness of doing the same punches every class uh doing like forms katas every class it, it made my brain work and it, it it actually helped me slow my mind down i think that's mostly what it was was i was thinking so quickly that i couldn't slow my mind down and that slowed my mind down so going back to like you were saying um it using the repetitiveness, the same stuff every class. Um, every week we do the same stuff. Um, still progressing a little bit, but still repetitively use, doing the same punches, the same kicks. It gets their mind focused and they can really work on those punches. Um, we actually do have one student. He's not, he can't be in the class right now. He, um, he's nonverbal, so he really can't, he can't express himself. And he's, he's not as, his motor skills are not that great. Um, but actually, I, I just talked to his father today about about this. Um, he he first started. He was he was he was shut down. He wouldn't do anything. And then we just had him do in punches, even like not even doing a full fist. He might even high five the pad. Just having him do the same punches over and over. Um, doing like clinches. He'll do a grab our gi, hold the gi. Um, and he actually said that on his at home, his his son's actually uh, listening more at school. He said there's not as many uh, freakouts. Because when he gets freaked out, he like he holds tight or hugs you really tight. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've been going through the repetitiveness and uh, trying to trying to explain to him like 
it's okay. Calm down. Um, but yeah, he said he actually is um, not as many behaviors and, and it's really helping him. Mm. Um, mm. But like you said, what was your question again? I'm sorry, I got off topic again. I apologize. Oh, what, are, what are like uh, some of your strategies for affecting positive change in, That's it. in adults with learning disabilities? Um, and depending again, depending on the severity of the of the disability, um, some some cases like they're nonverbal, just trying to, like I said, the repetitiveness. Um, the one client actually at work I'm working now is he, he's very intelligent, um, but he he works his mind so quickly and trying to and he gets so upset, so flustered. Mm -hmm. So trying to just calm him down, uh, trying to de-escalate if he does get upset, and, try, and trying to explain to him. He sometimes you. You need to think about it before. Um, like I said, with one of, one of the couple of our students, sometimes um, if they can't stand for really long, get fidgety. We actually have like these fidget toys. So uh, my my mom actually got um, I'm not sure how to explain. It. It's almost like a string, like you can pull it. They yeah. sit there and just pull it, and then um, and actually what they can do is hold it, and then when they do punches, they can still hold it, stretch it, but still throw those punches. Mm. So it actually helps him. It gets them to focus on stretching it. But they can stretch it and still throw those punches at the pad, mm -hmm. um, and then actually, and it gets them to it, it gets them like their mind in the box because a lot of times their mind is outside of the box because there's so much noise and everything, so it just like, they can't get their they can't focus. Mm -hmm. uh, so that does it, it. It gets them to stay in, in their kind of themselves and focus on one thing. Yeah, if I can hop in, um, mm -hmm. a thought that I've been bouncing around in my head for a couple months now, and I, I feel like it's pertinent to this conversation is this idea of ritual and, and repetition inviting familiarity. And, mm -hmm. yes. and so when you have, uh, for example, a student who, you know, maybe the first time that you hand them that stretchy string, they're like, what am I supposed to do with this? But as exactly, they get yes. accustomed to it, and as they start to say like, oh, like this is something that despite all this noise, despite all this sort of sensory overload, like I can ground myself into this object or into this very specific experience, you know, that I feel is such a driving force in saying, okay, now that we're grounded in something, we can really start to take those steps uh, into the next Exactly, yes. Yeah, that's yes. funny. I, um, I have uh, dyslexia and I went to a special mm -hmm. school for kids with dyslexia. And one of the things we used were these uh, memory boards. They were like a kind of a rough okay. board that you would run your hand over. I'm not sure how effective it was, honestly, but the theory there was that you would like learn something and you would like, let's say you're learning spelling words, you would say the spelling word and you would feel the same time. And apparently this was supposed to help take that information and seal it in your mind better. And I think doing a lot of the physical things in the martial arts can help have a, a similar effect to that memory yes. board. Another thing that I wanted to talk about, just kind of going back just a little step, is um, mm -hmm. how martial arts instruction is very different from classroom instruction. You know, in classroom instruction, you guys all start together and you all learn exactly the same way. But yes. one of the great things about a martial arts school is it's always rolling. You know, you can mm -hmm. come in in March, you come in in August, and you're going to get the same level of attention and the experience and the experience will be tailored to where you're at when where you're going and uh, your abilities and what works well for you. So, you know, I think there's a, a unique 
um, benefit to the martial arts instruction just in the way that the instruction is kind of rolled out. You know, um, we can take, you know, in, 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 when you go to school, you, you have a teacher for maybe one semester and then you never see them. Exactly, again. yes. But in the martial mm-hmm. arts, you're going to have that same teacher for maybe 10 years. Who knows how long? Exactly. They can have your whole life. And that mm-hmm. instructor is going to really know how you learn and is going to be able to feed you the curriculum in a way that's going to help you learn it the best. And you exactly. can develop that long-term relationship where you can't really get that in a, in a classroom environment where it's just no. basically packaged and you just push it out and everyone's just supposed to absorb it in the exact same way. Exactly. I, I would say I, I, I really pity teachers like that because I know the schools, districts, tell them that they have to teach a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it's, I know it's, it's gotta be difficult teaching 20 kids with no help. And like, and again, you're trying to folk, trying to get them to focus on that one thing. And then you have Johnny in the background, who's playing with his pencil and, and joking. And then you really can't, I don't want to say you really can't discipline them. Where I, I say in martial arts, if, if, if they do act up, I right, drop down, give me three pushups. And I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, give me three pushups. Yeah. And then yeah, the sure. discipline part. So yeah. and again, but, uh, but I, I, like I said, it's, and I, I, we actually have three um, Joshus who are working their ways to becoming, actually running a, a class like that, like this. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they're having the hardest time of trying to figure out like game planning the class and trying to figure out how should I, each student is still learning. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I was like, I, I've been teaching for, and I, I, I kind of feel like I'm old now. I said, I can teach for almost 20 years. Now, once I said that, I was like, I feel really old. Like I said, but I've been, uh, been doing martial arts for 24 years. Um, so it's, it's, like I said, it's a lot of practice. I've been teaching since I was 12. And I'm, I'm actually turning uh, 31 in a couple weeks. So like I said, it's, it's a lot of practice. Like I said, I'm still learning. Uh, each student is still teaching me, teaching me how to better myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always try to explain it like when we have a, if there's a tough, tough student, learn from that because again how they might not be learning a certain way once you figure out a way for them to learn now you know once that happens again you know how to sit, figure out that situation um and then like but uh, it's just trying to game plan that classroom it's it's, it's tough it's very difficult yeah, yeah i say for a teacher like that but like you were saying um a lot of knowing times, the students no good good yeah, yeah a lot of times i think people get into teaching for all the wrong reasons like they'll get into yes. teaching because they want to be the big dog on top and everyone's underneath them, but they don't actually really care about helping mentor up the next generation. Um, or they want to basically profess their, their knowledge so that they can look intelligent. Um, but really, and, and you can kind of spot those people because they say things like, I, I, don't, I might get some shade from this. I don't, I don't mean this like everyone who says this is necessarily in this category, but you know, they'll say things like, well, I don't really like working with children or uh, I don't like, you know, that kid is so difficult. You know, I, I don't, you know, I don't like working with kids like that. And I have the complete opposite opinion. When I get a really exactly. hard kid that comes in, I'm like, ooh, and we're <laughs> exactly. like, all the staff are like, okay, how are we gonna break exactly this way. egg and like make this, this like really um, raw, uh, you know, student into something great. And you would be exactly. surprised. Like some of our best students have done the most ridiculous things on day one. Like you had to drag them off the floor, kicking and screaming, or they're like giving me the middle finger in the middle of class, exactly. like swearing at me. And then they're like 
perfect sit, black belt, you know what I mean, in the end. Mm -hmm. um, it's just incredible. And that's what makes this profession just so rewarding. That and it the is. fact that you can be with that same student for, you know, their whole life. Yeah, actually, um, one of our um, junior Josh, or he's coming, he's going to become an instructor. He's a senpai right now. He uh, has worked, he actually, he started, he was like five or six when he started. And uh, he's now, I think, 11. And I even said to him, I was like, where did the time go? Because I remember when you first started here, you were so little, and now you're going to the middle school. And I was, his mom even said the same thing. And it, like you said, it's it's amazing how how long like you're with with somebody, and it's and like they grow, and and it's 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 really rewarding. Um, and actually, saying with what you're saying about the one student, we actually had a student like that who would hit us, uh, kick us, spit at us, curse at us, and um, I would have to I'd be the one. I'd be again. I'd be the one that because. If you hit me, it's okay. I mean, I'm trying to trying to get you to focus. I drag him off the mat, take him to the back, let him calm down. And as soon as he calmed down, I was like, all right, what happened? He goes, I got upset. I'm like, well, why'd you get upset? I don't know. I go, well, you need to stop doing that. And then from, from him cursing and yelling to listening and being a black belt. And that's, it's, it's like you said, it's rewarding to see somebody that, that tough student who didn't want to listen, didn't, didn't want to be there to wanting to be there and earning that black belt. It's, I still love when, a, when our brown belts go test their black belt, they earn that black belt. It's still, it, I feel, I feel just as, as proud as them because I just to, to see them go through the years training hard and working. It just, it's, it's so rewarding. I, I awesome. but um, like you said, one, I actually know, um, we actually had an old instructor that kind of was like what you were saying. She would, um, she was, a, and, course she was a teacher she was trained to become a teacher so like a school room teacher like a preschool teacher or something she didn't like kids she wanted to she wanted to she, she wanted she didn't like kids never liked kids but she wanted to become a teacher i feel for the same reason when a student come in it's too tough because i don't like that student it's too tough i don't i don't want to work with them yeah. I'm like i'm like okay you take that person over here i'll take them and then she'd always wonder why why uh they would listen to me and we're doing well but never with her and i'm like sometimes it's not sometimes it's your the energy you're putting off on the person. Sometimes people feed your energy. So if they, if you don't want to work with that person or you don't feel like working today, kids are going to, kids are going to sense that. So they're going to feel that. So that's, that's why I always want to come in. My sister and I always try to um, engage with the kids and learn the kids. So we know the kids. Cause again, some kids, some kids are different. Some kids love basketball. Some kids love Fortnite. The biggest one is a Fortnite, I'd say right now. So trying to, I, I still, I'm still trying to learn Fortnite, still trying to learn the different skins and everything. I'm, I'm learning, but it's, it's going to take a while, but the kids, they, they could talk all day about Fortnite, all about Minecraft and everything. So it's just learning the kids. And once you do that, you get their, you gain their respect and then they start listening better towards you. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, learning the kids, that's the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. You know, anyone can teach a mediocre adult class. It's, it's pretty hard to screw up an adult class, I feel like. But, you know, when you work with kids, especially really young kids, you learn really quickly what you're doing wrong like that. Oh, exactly. You know? So you have to, um, it's a humbling experience. And I think a lot of people who just say, oh, I don't like working with kids. It's like, that's where we start. You know, when I have new students coming on the leadership team, I'm like, you need to go work with little warriors, like the really little kids, so like three to five years exactly. old. Because same thing, we have a little dragon class. It's the same yeah, thing. They're just yeah, like so emotionally days. driven that if you get off, if you look unconfident for even a minute, they'll eat you alive. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yeah. we do the same thing. We um, 
we have new kids, like they'll get their black belt or like they're learning, working to their black belt. Uh, we tell them like, all right, let's start with the little dragon class. Little dragons, it's it's a, it's different. They come in and they can actually like hold the pads for the kids. They love it. I'm like, you hold the pads, but then once they actually run the group and then they start talking, they're like, like I went I went to school today and I I saw a butterfly and I'm like, <laughs> okay. And then uh, and then the kids will start talking. I'm like, okay, you gotta talk, but you need to try to focus on the class. And it's mm. you lose their attention really quickly. But it's 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 funny. Like definitely, if you could teach kids, you could do anything. I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, well, Professor James, it's been a real pleasure having you on. Any final thoughts, Jesse, Taskmaster, uh, Professor, or sorry, Sensei James? Yes, sir. It's okay. We had uh, Professor Jason on the podcast earlier this week. Oh, okay. So, similar, yes, yeah. Very um, similar, yes. There are, so I guess one last thing I will say is, you know, in transitioning to this position, I'm, I'm relatively new into martial arts training. I, I just, hit three years at our school uh, okay. a couple weeks ago. And that, you know, this is my first experience with martial arts really in my life, other than just viewing from a distance, growing up watching mm -hmm. Power Rangers and Teenage yes. Mutant Turtles, you know, the same. And uh, this experience, you know, one of the huge takeaways is in respect to those teachers who are teaching at public schools and who are, you know, not even teachers, but just people who are working in capacities with other people, whether it's um, people with intellectual disabilities, people with mobility disability, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it is, um, in contexts where they don't get to work with those people for one or two or five or 10 years, right? Like mm -hmm. my respect for those people in those positions has gone up exponentially. Like my, my girlfriend and so many of her friends are, uh, my girlfriend's an early childhood educator, Yes. Her friends are elementary school educators, and I have friends who are now transitioning to teaching high school. And so, you know, they're in the public school system and even the private school system. And to hear sometimes, and they're like, you know, we have this really challenging student, and we have six months to figure it out, right? And, and, exactly. like, and, and that's it, because they will just be gone, right? And we have exactly. to Exactly. They go to another problem. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's why it never gets fixed, though, you know? It's exactly. Sort of exactly. I, I see a lot of people like, a lot of kids like that. Um, one kid, same thing. He, going through the school system, it just never never got fixed, like you said, where it, he, they tried to do one thing, it didn't work, and the whole next person's going to try it. Where I think with the martial arts, you can actually you're stuck with strip me. Strip it down. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. But no, we can strip it down and, and figure it out then. Yeah. But like you said, I I feel if you're in education like that, I feel teachers should get paid a lot more. Oh, so, um, yeah. Because again, you're only working them for what six months, and it's in a lot of ways, it's, it's a lot less. It's a lot more selfless because you really, mm. you know, have such a small window to be with those students and. Um, and there's, it's it's very difficult to have the same level of impact, I feel like, in that kind of environment. I remember when I was a kid, there was a, when I was in high school, one of the teachers bought every single kid in the school, like a little ice cream cup. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I was like, man, that must have cost this teacher, like his entire salary, you know? Oh, exactly, yeah. Out. I mean, there was a lot of ice cream. There was like 2,000 kids in our school. And you should see just how disrespectful these kids were. They just come up and like, oh yeah, my ice cream. They like take, can I have another one too? And I was like, exactly. Yeah. 
no one appreciated that. And even mm-hmm. I remember teachers would have like a fun day and they'd like give everyone a piece of candy or something that cost that teacher a lot for you to get that one little yeah. piece of candy cost that teacher a lot. And you didn't appreciate that at all. You know, I always tried to really appreciate it when teachers did that kind of mm-hmm. stuff for yes, me, sir. but I felt like most mm-hmm. of my peers just didn't, um, I want to, so following up on that, you know, yes. just tying, tying back into the martial arts instruction conversation is, you know, sometimes my girlfriend will come home. She's like, oh, you know, yeah, we've got this, this student. I'm, I'm really trying to work it out. And as you said, like uh, playing that respect game and like learning about the student by asking them these genuine questions so that you can find that one little thing that's like, oh, like that's, that's the switch. That the yes. and, and so as she's navigating through this, you know, sometimes I'll come home and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was like, just make them do push-ups. You know? <laughs> exactly. Everybody down. Everybody down. We're just going to hold it. We're going to hold our plank. We're going to hold our push-ups, whatever. She's like, I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got to think of a way you can use some form of, you know, physical discipline. Exactly. Yes. Without it being a problem. <laughs> so, so true. That's funny. Um, we probably, none of us could actually teach. Yeah, I, I, I went to school. I was going to school for, for, um, become a paraeducator. So I was starting to, but it's, yeah, I, I probably would break out and go like, all right, give me three pushups. And they're like, well, you yeah. can't do that to me. And I'm like, too bad. Like something like that. I don't have my gi on today. That's, oh, yeah. like, oh, I, don't, I had the wrong black belt on today. Oh shoot. I can't make, you, I can't make you do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it's been a pleasure having you on, sir. We really wish you the best of luck with your school out there, Elite Martial Arts. Uh, if you guys want to learn a little bit more about um, Sensei James and Elite Martial Arts, we'll put a link in the description so you can find out more about him. Um, Professor James? Um, Sensei James. Oh, Sensei James. <laughs> okay. I mean, maybe I need to become a professor. Maybe that's what, that's what you're trying to tell me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. Um, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was, this is a pleasure. Definitely. I enjoyed this. Likewise. And, and right to you guys. Uh, uh, hopefully you guys become even bigger. And yes. Yeah. yeah. Well. If you ever have something you want to talk about, you're always welcome on the podcast. Sounds good. Take Thank care, you. Sir. You also. Bye. If you enjoyed that podcast, please consider liking and subscribing to our YouTube channel, as well as hitting the notification bell. We offer in-person, group, and private lessons at our facility in Kyle, Texas, as well as virtual lessons anywhere in the world. If you'd like to learn more about our programs, you can find us online at risingphoenixtkd.com.